Morning, church. Well, come have a seat. John, uh, John 10, 10. Well, let me pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray you'd redeem this time uh, for your glory. And uh, Father, could we see um, how Jesus, you taught us to pray in such a way that um, we could flourish. May we make that connection uh, of how, how wide you've swung the doors open for us that we could uh, live a life abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. John 10.10, 10, one of my favorite verses, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came to give you life and give it abundantly. One of my favorite verses, uh, other version says, um, I came to give you life to the fullest. So in thinking through um, our preaching series, we, this idea of flourish, that's what flourish means, right? To, 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 to live life to the fullest. And as we thought through that theme for the year, then the first thing was to look at how Jesus guided his disciples, and it was in prayer. That's what led us to the Lord's Prayer, and here we are, just in case you wondered how we got here. Um, I love this topic. Prayer is my favorite thing, and it's my favorite thing because um, I can do it. And it's, it's, uh, it's this open, open door that God has given us to connect with him and, and, um, lead us to all kinds of things that, that he wants for us that I believe are, are the best and that he's put inside ourselves. And so I love this topic. My friend has used the, the term more prayer, more blessing, little prayer, little blessing, no prayer, no blessing. So remember that. And if you want to say put flourish there, you could. Now, I'm not going Joel Olstein on you. Uh, it's not like your best life now kind of prayer, but, um, but, but God does call us to... Um, to living life to the full. And he calls us uh, through this vehicle of prayer. So keep that in mind. Um, just give us a quick context and review for the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus, uh, God's been silent 400 years. John the Baptist shows up, and then Jesus, and his ministry begins about 30 years later. John the Baptist is the forerunner. God's stirring the, par- the pot in history. Okay, and then Jesus shows up, and in uh, and, and there's Roman occupation, so there's a lot of misery that's put on top of the culture. Besides the fact of where did God go, and Jesus shows up, and he is he's blowing the area up. Everybody's talking about him all the time, all the time. So uh, in um, Matthew 4.24, it says that his fame spread throughout. That would be a really uh, understated version of people are talking about him all the time. And um, it says that he, uh, he's, he's healing every affliction and disease. So that by itself would be a reason. And then we see his teaching is, 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 is like nobody else. He's teaching on the law. Lust, divorce, retaliation, loving your enemies. It's all countercultural, radical teaching. And he's got dead men walking, dead men talking. He's spending 
time alone with God in such a way um, that it's really countercultural. So back then, spending time with God and praying was really public. Like, hey, look at me. It's all about me. Here, let's pray together. And Jesus had this different kind of prayer life. It was, it was alone with his Father, okay? Um, and he, he's getting his very power from it. He's getting renewed, revived, encouraged. He's gaining resolution. He says, I don't say anything that my father doesn't tell me to say. I don't do anything my father doesn't tell me to do. So his prayer isn't this perfunctory, let's get it done kind of prayer. His prayer is life. And um, now the question for us, is that prayer for us? Is that how we experience prayer? Way different. So when we look at what Christ is calling us to, let's, get, let's remember it's not what probably we're, what we're experiencing. Um, so two things uh, people see as he spends time um, on this earth. I think the disciples are looking at him, and they see a different kind of prayer life, and then they see different results. So... We have two accounts of getting into the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew, he starts talking about how not to pray. Don't do it like those guys. Don't don't use repetition, and don't do it to say, hey, here I am. Don't do that. And then he leads into the Lord's Prayer. In in Luke, uh, Gospel of Luke, the disciples uh, said, John taught us to pray. Could you teach us to pray? So they ask him. Now, the question I have for you is, if you were a disciple at the time, why might you have asked Jesus how to pray? Why would they want to know how to pray? So they're seeing him pray. They're seeing something different, right? Now, it could be the disciples said, well, John, maybe everybody that you follow has their own little version of prayer, because they did say, John taught us to pray. Would you teach us to pray? Like, what's your version? Could have been a little of that. But I think, it was, I think there was a curiosity of there's something different between his connection with God and uh, the results that they see in his life. He's, invest, he's getting his very energy, his power from prayer, and that's different than what they saw, in my opinion. So, so for Jesus, prayer was his spiritual heir. Okay? We use prayer like a generator. When the power goes off, we plug it in. Right? That's not how he did it. He was plugged into prayer all the time. Uh, it was life itself. Martin Lloyd-Jones says in his book, uh, uh, Studies of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, man is at his greatest and highest when, his, when upon his needs, when upon his knees he, he comes face to face with God. I'll say it again. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he, become, he, he comes face to face with God. Now the question is, is that remotely true for your life, for my life? Would we feel we're at our very greatest, we're flourishing when we're face to face with God? That's the prayer that Jesus is calling us to. That's the experience he's calling us to. So, um, I think that um, at that time, their prayers were a little bit maybe like some of ours. Well, even the Lord's Prayer. How many learned the Lord's Prayer first thing? 
FB2, did you learn trespasses or did you learn debtors? Yeah. Uh, I learned debtors because I was Presbyterian. But my neighbors uh, that, that were really good to me, they were Catholics. So they said trespassing. And I was always confused on that, how that all worked. But um, we all learned it early. And it's good to say it out loud. It's good to memorize it. But the meaning behind it um, is way, way, way deep. Okay, That's what we want to get to. So don't just pass over the Lord's Prayer saying, yeah, I've known it forever. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was a, an, old, an old logger who uh, was clearing a landing up near Cougar, Washington with a D8 cat. That's the big boy that moves mountains. And he's, I don't know if he's building a landing or, or a road or whatever, but he's out there and he's pushing dirt. And all of a sudden, he sinks 30, 40 feet down in the in the in the ground. Boom, he's there. And somehow he climbs this thing out. And um, what's and he before he he saw a little hole and he just kept doing his thing and all of a sudden he's in a big hole. And what was at the bottom of that is the ape caves. So if you've ever been to the ape caves in in uh, Pretty fun thing to take your kids to. So they're vast. They start with a very small opening, but they go forever. Uh, these lava tubes that uh, condensed and formed through the volcano. The Lord's Prayer is kind of like that. It's, you look, it looks like an opening this big, but when you stick your head in it, it's this big. I just want to say that... Um, Their prayer at that time was passive and unexpected, perhaps like ours. Here's a verse that I think will encourage you. John 14, 13 says that God answering our prayers glorifies him. He says, uh, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever you ask, this will... This I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So our very prayers, just coming to God and praying, glorifies God. I don't know if you'd ever thought of that. It's not about you always, it's about Him too. So when we come to Him, and today we're going to talk about, uh, give us this day our daily bread, that coming to God glorifies Him. Um. So I think when they saw what Jesus was doing, his prayer, and then his, his, uh, the fruit of his life, they wanted the secret sauce a little bit. In other words, they, they can see that there's something really special about him, and they want in on it. That might be why they ask. And the reason I think that is because from that day forward, we memorized that prayer and said it, right? Instead of the heart behind the prayer and understanding the depth of the prayer, uh, we just said the prayer, okay? That prayer is not meant for non-Christians. The Lord's Prayer, our Father, denotes that we, this is our heavenly Father. Jesus said to many people, your Father is not my Father. Okay, this, this prayer is for his, his family. And... Um, so, so I think they saw an effectiveness of his prayer, and they want to know what it is. And so they said, hey, teach us to pray. So what I love about it, and prayer in general, is it doesn't take any special skills. 
So it's like the best Geico commercial. Even a caveman can do it, right? Kids can do it. Uh, anybody can pray. And the Lord's Prayer, um, just as a quick review, I just want to give you my version of what was said the last few days. So our Father, he's telling us we relate to, we relate to God, the King of the universe, as a Father, Abba Father, Daddy. You heard that from Chris who art in heaven, so we're acknowledging that God is above all, he sees all. It's important when we pray to understand we're not praying to a buddy. We're praying to the king of the universe, and he knows all and sees all, and he's been there for eternity. Hallowed be thy name is that, God, I, I understand that you're holy. You always know, do what's good, right, and perfect. These are the things that I think... Uh, Justin was speaking about being properly ordered. Let's put God in the right place before we go and talk to him about what we need. And uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Justin mentioned last week, particularly for pastors or people in ministry, this is an important prayer because you can get pretty confused when you're in the ministry of whose kingdom you're building. You think you're building God's kingdom, but really you're building your kingdom. We can do that in our own world too. Um, and for me, it's, it's really refreshing when I set, set up every day and say, Lord, today I work for you. You're not working for me. I'm not trying to get you on my calendar or on my, on my uh, agenda. I, I want to join your agenda, God, and I trust you, but, but I'm going to need your help all day long to accomplish that. So today I surrender. That's what your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm putting my sword down. I am my complaints, my rights. I'm putting all those down, God, because uh, it's your kingdom that we're building. And then he says, give us, our day, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is the first point at which Jesus says, okay, tell God what you need. So when we think of our daily bread, do I have that slide up? Oh. So when I was a kid, I loved this picture, this old guy praying. Now I realize I'm the old guy praying. Um, but um, uh, I don't know who the artist is or what symbolism is there, but um, I just love that picture. And when we think of our, our, our daily bread, at that time, culture was different. Food was scarce. They probably didn't have a whole set of clothes in their closet that they might not wear for a year like most of us do, Right? And have multiple pairs of shoes. So their, their basic necessities were, were a little different than us, okay? But, but we still have them. So when we think of our daily bread, Martin, um, Martin Luther says, our daily bread is everything necessary for life. So what Jesus is saying is that every day we should get up and say to God, God, give me what I need today. Now, not what I want today. Big difference. I don't get to say to God what I want today. Now, there's nothing wrong with having desires and bringing them to the Father. He's a good Father. He says, I'll get, don't, you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. right?" But what he's saying is, I believe that God, with Jesus telling us to ask God for our basic necessities, that he, it, he will fulfill them. Okay? And it's our needs, not our wants. 
that we don't even know what we need. If you look at the, uh, our life is like an iceberg, right? So uh, above the water is just the little bit, and below the water is this massive piece of ice. We don't even know what's under there. So when I'm praying for the Lord, like, give me what I need today, I don't even know some of them. Some of them are pretty easy. They're the ones that are robbing me of joy. That's what Karen and I start with when we pray. What's robbing us of joy today? That's my needs. Lord, I'm afraid uh, at work. I'm afraid for money. I'm afraid for uh, this conversation I have to have. Um, and we just begin populating our prayers with what we believe our needs are. And, and we're saying, God, could you just give us what we need to get through it? And I think that's a really encouraging, to me, that's a really encouraging prayer. I've been praying that this week, all week. Of course, I get to do that because you've got to run this stuff through your own life before you preach. But I was really encouraged just to come to the Father daily and say, Lord, I don't even know what I need. But I, I do know that I have needs. Could you help me? Would you provide my needs for work today? Okay. So my attention, uh, I gave my notice on Friday at Fred Meyer, um, scared to death because no income, um, always been a little stretched trying to figure out, like to have a, something coming in the bank account. And so, Lord, what do I need? What do I need to, to, to walk forward with that? Would you give it to me, please? He did. I prayed um, on this gospel conversation thing. I said, Lord, I'd like to have gospel conversations, but I don't even have anybody to have a conversation with. Could you, could you give me somebody to have a conversation with? That was Monday. On Monday, the first appointment I have is with my financial planner. We talk money. Then we start talking politics like we always do. He and I are kind of conservative. We start going down the road, and I finally say, hey, John, uh, politics isn't going to solve our problem, and he gets to hear the gospel again. Then I leave there. The next person comes up, a friend I know. He says, yeah, he's, I'm checking out Buddhism. I don't know much about Buddhism, but I say, I think with that, like, you don't have any sin, right? That, that problem's solved in, in that faith. You don't have to worry about sin. And so we decided we're going to have another conversation. Then I go to work, and as I'm closing the pharmacy door, a girl looks at me and she says, I have a breast biopsy tomorrow. I'm worried. I said, Lord, I pray you'll bless my sister for her biopsy. That's all I said. Lock the door, leave. Next day she has a biopsy. She texts me. It's negative, but I have to have surgery. So the fact that she even texted me back, just kind of a gospel conversation. So that was me just saying, Lord, could you just provide me what I need to have these? I just want to say that it wasn't anything to do with me. It was just that I had a need. I presented it to God. That's our daily bread. Um, some of us have actual needs. I doubt that there's many people in here who have gone hungry and missed a meal. Obviously, I haven't. Um, but most of us have our basic necessities provided. But there's a group aspect in this prayer. If you notice that all in the Lord's Prayer, it's us, 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 us. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. There's a community aspect of, of we've got each other's back. So the Lord's saying, look, I'm, I'm going to be attentive to you, but I want you to be attentive to the needs of others. And we can't do that unless we know what they are, right? 
And so as we pray for one another, we can also pray, Lord, would you provide the needs of my friends? Now, I know a few of your needs. And as I go through the covenant community every day and pray, like so this morning I went through the covenant community list. Uh, let's see. Have it right here. I prayed <clears throat> for the Westcotts, the Walls, the Potters, the ha- Matt and Stephanie Hassan, the Weinbergs, the Jabin, the Skiles, the Hawkings, the Gays, Wyatts, Hensleys, Merediths, Bunnells, Carlsons, Thomases, Olsons, or Keith, Audrey, Don and Z- uh, Todd and Z- Don Zern, and anyone else who is not on the list, on this particular list. And I pray. Uh, on, on Sundays, I pray for unity for you, that you would be one with the Father, your family, one with the people around you, for unity. Unity pleases the Lord. Now, I don't even know what your needs are, but I'm going to think that that's going to be one of them. And I have a little thing I do throughout the week, praying those things. And so I'm praying for your needs as I understand them, and I am trust that the Lord will... He'll, he'll make them specific. He'll meet your needs exactly what, what you need, and he'll do that for one another as you pray for one another. You pray for your children and your spouse. You don't have to know exactly what you're praying for. If you do, pray for it. But the beauty is, is God says, I will give you what you need. He gets to decide what. He gets to decide when. He might say no. He might decide, no, you don't need what you think you need. And that's the trust, that's the faith that we get to put in in him. When we ask for our daily bread, for the necessities of life, we're saying, God, uh, I know you love me. And the very act of coming to him, the word give, is, is acknowledging to him that you're my provider. Okay? Most people in the world don't want to admit that. Even Christians don't want to admit that he is our provider. So I had a, um, when we were down at San Diego at this conference, there was two missionaries from Slovakia, and I happened to ask them, what's the greatest barrier to the gospel in Slovakia? And they said, uh, well, it's two things. It's, uh, but the first one is the government. And I said, how is that? And they said, well, the government wants you to, to not need God because it provides all your needs. So they want to replace and, and God can meet our needs through the government, right? He does that all the time. The government provides lots of good things. It's not that government assistance is bad. He, that's him too. But he, he's the one who made that happen, right? And when we, um, when we ask for help, uh, God provides it in a, in a lot of different ways. And when we, when we say, Lord, um, give me this this day our daily bread, we're saying to to him, I admit that you're my provider. So not the government, not your 401k, right? Not your employer. Fred Meyer's not my provider. God's my provider. He used to do it through Fred Meyer. Um, And um, acknowledging to him that trust. When we speak it to God, not only we honor him, but it reinforces it in our heart that life's going to get shaky, but he's the one who's our provider. I I started talking faster than I was flipping my pages. A 
And then we, the last thing is this day. <clears throat> so twice in this line, give us this day our daily bread. So God, Jesus is telling us this needs to be a habit. If you think of the uh, Israel in the wilderness when they were led out and they were given manna, how often did they have to go get it? Every day, right? And then there was people who said, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well get a little extra and sleep in tomorrow. And that didn't work, right? So God was trying to train them, I'm your provider, I'm your provider. I want you to see it every day. Except on Saturday, you can get enough for the Sabbath, right? So it's the same for us, is, is we want, give us this day our monthly bread. But I just want to pray once a month, Father. Um, or give us, Father, give me my weekly bread. I can, maybe I could pull off prayer for a week. God says, no, I want to meet with you every day. I want, I want us to have a habit, a relationship that is so close that it would even go beyond a prayer time, okay? But it's definitely not just when we need what, what we think we need, just when we have to p- plug in the generator. God is saying, uh, Jesus is training us that if you'll go to your father daily and tell him what your needs are, you're going to flourish, okay? You're going to experience this life to the full, uh, my friend tells a story of uh, he had an uncle who would give him a nickel. when He would go visit this uncle, and this uncle would give him a nickel whenever he asked for it. And so um, he just go, he's there for a weekend. He'd go up five times a day. Can I have a nickel? He'd give him a nickel. So finally, the, my friend got smart and said to his uncle, hey, uncle, could you just give me all the nickels? And uh, he goes, well, of course not. I won't do that. He goes, well, why not? You're going to give them to me anyway. He says, yeah, but I love the fact that you keep coming up and asking because then we get to talk. And I think that's a lot like God is that it's not so much that he wants to make us in this, this state of, um, of not fu- being fulfilled, but he wants, he wants us. He wants our heart. He wants, he wants time with us. And Jesus, when he did that, he was revived through prayer. That's the prayer life that we get to have. Now, it's hard to do by yourself. Usually, as you're trying to encourage and build your prayer life, it's better to do it together. So in your MCs, in your DNAs, in your marriages, don't try to, I mean, it's great to do alone, and if you're a prayer warrior, feel free. But if you're having a hard time, start. Do it with somebody. Start to build the habit, okay? Um, And even keep track of it. Right, so um, one thing I've noticed <clears throat> in the pharmacy, it used to be you just got paid to, f- to put pills in bottles, right? And hopefully the right ones. Um, <clears throat> now there's a lot more to it. We have to call people. We have to, we have to prove that <clears throat> the medical intervention that they're, they're uh, receiving is improving their health. We have to be able to prove that. And it takes time on the phone. So one of the questions is, Hey, Mrs. Jones, uh, I see you're on cholesterol meds and blood pressure meds. How you have any trouble remembering to take it? Oh, no, I take it faithfully every day. Really? Well, I just noticed here in your, fill, uh, your profile that you got a 90-day supply 150 days ago. Did you get it somewhere else? I said, oh, uh, like I caught her, right? Uh, I don't want to embarrass her, but um, so are you having a hard time remembering to, to take your medicine? 
well, maybe there are some days that I miss. Okay, so why, why do you miss? Is there anything we can do to help you? Well, it ultimately comes down to the fact that they don't believe that that medicine is worth taking. It's, it's not helping them. They can't feel it, therefore, whatever, okay? Same with prayer, right? If I were to call and say, are you a good prayer? You would say, yeah, I, I, I pray at meals and all. But if, we were to, if God were to check your adherence to see, not if you're devoted, but do you believe that prayer, that time with the Lord, will take you into the life that we all dream of? And what I'm here to say is what Jesus seems to be telling us, can't go over it, can't go around it, can't go under it. you got to go through it. This is the avenue I provided for you, for us to spend time together. You get to talk to me. You get to tell me what your needs are. And if you're really diligent, you begin to record them, your prayers, you'll find God in action. Okay? Um, what do you think the barriers are to, for us to pray, besides the one I just mentioned? When I think of... Um, what, what was Jesus trying to overcome in that day when it came to prayer? So you would think back then when he spoke it, or now today, <clears throat> what keeps us from being with the Father? Busyness? Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my challenge. Is do I have time to pray? Um, I'll, maybe I'll get to it. I'll try to pray in the car when I'm, I'm driving here and there. I'll try to fit God in, right? Mm So it's helpful for you to understand where you need God, where you need faith. I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. Being in need is uh, just the act of prayer is a sign of humility. When we go to God in prayer, we're admitting we're in need, and that honors him. So just the very act of beginning to pray is a good step. And then um, when you talked about I'm a father and all these things, uh, the needs um, that you have is beyond, it's not just your daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And you're saying, God, give me what I need today to be a parent, to be a great husband. Those are the things that as you begin to pray, the Spirit prompts your mind, and here's what you need. The Spirit begins to tell you what you need. And you begin to, that's confession. You're praying to God. Um, that's intimacy. When, 
when all of a sudden you and God are in a, into a place of prayer that isn't just reciting words on a page, right? Uh, all of a sudden the Spirit begins to encourage you. It starts to tell you about his character. It starts to tell you about his love for you. It starts beginning, populating your mind with things to do, right? Um, believe me, I, I think you, I can't, I don't have the quote of the verse, but when you pray according to God's will, right, that's not a, uh, he wants to answer those prayers. Do you think that I want to be a good father to my children is something that he wants to do? Totally in alignment with what God wants. God, give me what I need to be a good father. We all have situations that are different. So our context is way different, but the Spirit will lead us there. Okay? Any other barriers that come to mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we think we don't need to pray. Okay.
Good. Thanks for sharing that. John? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's this prayer thing <clears throat> you think about. Uh, we're talking about a life that could flourish in prison, like Paul experienced, right? So, so non-circumstantial, death of a spouse, divorce, parenting struggles. Life happens. God says life's going to happen. But together with me, we... It's, I can, change, I can change everything in terms of not just, I'm not saying changing your circumstances, but with me, you can go through it. I, my presence is enough. And, and it's not wrong for us to want to, to not go through it. That's what Jesus did in the garden. God, not take this cup. Is there any other way? But you're, and then he says, but not my will, your will be done. I'll, he's going to take us through it with him. Who? Definitely. Well, I'm sorry.
Yeah, the more the more you pray, um, and you just almost just need to get started. You just need to begin and, and pray, and, and that's what the Lord calls us to to pray. Just start praying, okay? And I think maturity is when we exp- express and become aware of our deepest needs, and we can say those to God, and we can say them amongst one another without fear. That's that's a gospel community, right? And so fight for it in your DNA groups. Fight for it in your MCs. Don't pass over that we're all of people in need. And God, I believe, is saying to us, I will provide what you need. I get to decide what it is, and I get to decide when. But I will provide what you need. And I, I believe we can, we can trust that. Um, some of the needs, like when you think of our daily bread and this group prayer, give us this day our daily bread. As a church, we have needs, okay? And I just to give you a couple ideas of what there are, I want us to, um, uh, as elders, you can pray for us. I want us to, to step up. Justin's not here. that He's on a vacation. I want us to provide for him better. He, needs, he and Darian need to be provided for better. We're going to step up and do that. The Thomases have a, a, a dope church. They just had a, a big uh, donor step back. Uh, they have needs. They have daily bread. The Carlsons are going to be raising money to go to Bremerton. They're going to have needs. Okay? So there's these daily bread needs of us collectively too. So when you pray, you're praying for all of that too. Okay, be mindful of that, not just one another, and, and, um, but really for the sustenance of people who want to um, take the gospel out. Okay? So for, for, uh, for communion, I want to do a little different. I'd like you to get your communion and go to your seat. And when we pray, I'm going to ask us to uh, pray for our daily bread, for our needs for us together. Okay? Now, just to give you some ideas of what, as you go and get it, you can think about what you're going to pray for us together, but our needs might be conviction of sin, more workers for the harvest, the word of God to be preached from this pulpit strongly, strong missional communities, effective DNA groups, spiritual growth, a bold witness, unity, protection, self-discipline, more musicians, anything that comes to your head, when we come back, I'm just going to ask five or six people to, to ask the Lord for our daily bread together, and then we'll take communion together, okay? So go ahead and, and go get that. <clears throat>